come on. That's all right. You come. Brandy, you want to share one of yours? I saw you took a few. Come hand it to Come here, sis. Sis, this is yours. Hallelujah. This is yours. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you so much. This is wonderful. Thank you, church. This is awesome. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll tell you, it's about reaching out. And you may say, who am I? You're it. You're the one chosen by God. And thank you so much for doing it. And let's, let's just do this forever. Jesus comes back. We used to sing that song in the Baptist church. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll get to work, that gummit. <laughs> Stop saying it about it and do it. Hallelujah. Let's go to the hospital and the prison and minister to those we come in contact with. Because you're coming here to receive, to give to the world. Amen. And so we bless you. Just got a report. This little fellow, five years old, about ready to turn six. Uh, been in the hospital coma since November. And he's getting ready to turn six. And he's doing great and had a turnaround. So we praise God and hope to see him uh, here with his family. Maybe it'll better come and testify about that. Also, I believe my sister gave the testimony that your daughter's four months pregnant. And that uh, she, her name is Sarah. She's four months pregnant. Uh, she had got a diagnosis of lupus. But that's all turning around. And she says, she was telling her mom, Mom, I just feel like I need a laugh. And she was saying that before uh, the offering, so that was confirmation. So go ahead and laugh for the glory of God. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can't beat that. A, a pregnant Sarah. We just pray all the Sarahs, would you stand up? Would you get pregnant that you will get... <laughs> My name ain't Sarah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, today I want to talk about true faith, and I started it last week and didn't get through it. But I just want to share some things with you this week and just, just encourage you. I just feel like we're still starting the year off and there's some things I still have to just, just pastor you about and just give you and share with you and the things I've been sharing about true faith. And so I want to start off with this scripture here in Peter. And we read last week, I know how great this makes you feel even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. I know you're believing God for a life that's just so happy and dippity doo da dippity yay yay, but it's not there. And you say, man, I'm putting up with a lot of aggravation. Well, praise God. Why? It says, in the meantime, pure gold put in the fire. Put in the fire. And I love the two words. I kind of highlight them. Comes out of it. Proved pure Genuine faith. Say that with me. Comes out. Genuine. Comes out. Genuine. Genuine faith. And it says proved and pure. Genuine faith that comes through this suffering. Comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up. Your faith. Not your gold. That God will have a display. Say display. As evidence of his victory. Amen. Your faith is going to be an evidence that our God and his word is true. You just got to trust him and you've got to believe it. But he wants genuine faith. And for a long time, we've been taught a faith many times, many of us in the years past, a faith to keep us out of the furnace. But I've been preaching about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego last week, that sometimes we need to understand that it's not always a faith to keep us out of a furnace, but it's the faith to get us out of the furnace. And he says there that we'll go through the fire. He says, you'll go in. Listen, you're going to go through some things. You're going to go into some situations, some aggravation, some times where you just want to just quit. But God is looking for a people whose faith will not fail. He says, when I'll come back, will I find faith on this earth? We talked about the sower and the seed and the ground. And God is looking for a people who will plow and take the rocks out so that the seed will be planted in a, on a good ground and bring forth a hundredfold, 60 and 30 fruit. Amen. That's you. But we see also, we also saw that the three Hebrew children had their names changed to three Babylonian gods because their Hebrew names had Yahweh in it, Jehovah. And they wanted to brainwash them just like the world is trying to do today, the birds, the aggravations. The ground, the condition, the atmosphere. All these different things are trying to affect the, the uh, fruit of your faith, about the faith, what faith can produce and what faith can do. And so the world wants to tell you things and call you by other names and make you doubt and make you just wonder if things are going to come to pass as God has promised. But God wants to put a genuine faith in you that will stand the test of times and that you'll come through victoriously. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And so they, they came, and I want you to see this next scripture here. In Daniel 3.16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, 
we have no need to answer you in this manner. What happened, Nebuchadnezzar was giving them a second chance. He blew the trumpets. They didn't bow. They were told on. Everybody else bowed. They didn't bow. He says, I'm going to give you another chance. I want to share this with you. The enemy will always give you another chance to go against faith and go against God and do what seems to be natural. Do you know, listen to this, you need to write this down. It's easier to change my belief than change the way I live. It's easier to change what I believe more than change the way I live. For example, if I want to live a certain way, I'll just change what I believe, what the Word of God. Well, you know, I don't, mean, I don't think the Bible really means that that's adultery. I don't really mean, believe that God is going to send people to hell for that thing. You know, I really don't know if it's really interpreted right that that's, called, that's really a sin and I may get judged on it or my sins will be found out. So it's easy to start changing the way we believe. And that's when you start realizing you don't have the genuine faith that is stand true. Nebuchadnezzar told the three Hebrew children, I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to give you another chance. Listen, listen to this. You don't even have to worship my God in your heart. Just go through the motions and nobody will know there's any difference. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have done what a lot of Christians do. I'll bow down, but I'm not bowing down in my heart. I'm just bowing down on my knees. And after all, I repent when I'll get up, and God will forgive me. But you see, the type of genuine faith is the type of faith that has had its mind already made up. We don't have to cover ourselves in this before you, king. I don't have to tell you, sweetheart, that you're telling me that if I don't sleep with you, you're not going to date me anymore. Well, I don't have to even think about that. I don't have to call nobody on that. The Bible says it's sin, so you go ahead and go find somebody else because I'm too good for you anyway. That's how you need to be talking. Why don't you prove your love to me? No, I'm going to prove. Why don't you prove that you're a Christian like you told me you were when we started dating? Huh? Come on, church. Won't you, prove, won't you prove to me that you love me? No, won't you prove to me you love God more than you love what you're wanting? So you can take your want and you can go down the street. It's easy to change our belief than the way we live. Many of us don't want to change the way we live, so we find somebody who's going to preach exactly what we want to believe to be the truth. But the truth is the truth that's going to get you out of the fiery furnace, the truth that's going to get you a future, the truth that's going to heal you of cancer, the truth that is going to heal your marriage. It's not based on how you live. It's based on believing what God has spoken to be the truth. And so we'll always have opportunities to bow before the world system. We'll always have opportunities to bow and not look any different. But, you know, I want to tell you something. I'm sure Enoch was criticized because it says he walked with God. He didn't just visit God. He walked with God. And I bet he was criticized. I bet people thought, there goes that man talking to himself, walking down the road. Enoch, what you doing? I'm walking with God. For 300 years, he walked with God. And then one day God said, man, I love you so much. I'm going to take you up. And Enoch was not because God took him. But you know what? As people probably criticized him and called him crazy and said, you're just a fanatic. Why don't you just kind of be like the rest of us and just go to church on Sunday morning? Why do you have to be such a fanatic and think you got to read the Bible every day and pray and, and sing and walk down the street singing in the Lord? Why do you have to walk so closely to God? It, the Bible says Enoch didn't care what people thought because what was important was what God thought because the Bible says God was pleased with him. Genuine faith comes from a heart of a people who really want to please and to know God. You can't tell the king. You can't tell what's trying to intimidate you and bring you down. You can't tell them with a confidence and, and a faith that uh, we're not going to bow. We're, we're not going to listen to your commands just because everybody else is. And there was millions there just falling on their faces. How many of you know genuine faith doesn't follow the crowd? It follows Jesus. It's not turned by what people say or what people think. It's easier to change the way I believe, and that's how we begin to stray. We begin to stray a little bit. Well, you know, maybe I don't believe this. Maybe I don't believe that. And when we start changing the way we believe, that's when we start straying. And we don't want to stray. Amen? Another translation says, O king, we do not need to defend ourselves in this matter. Doesn't matter what you say, it doesn't matter what you threaten to do. We don't have to defend ourselves in this matter 
Because why? They knew that their God could do it. Say, my God can. My God can. Now, I want to share this next scripture with you. There in Daniel 11.32, it says, but the people who know. Somebody shout out, who know. The people who know their God shall prove themselves strong and shall stand firm and do exploits for God. The people who know their God. Listen, a lot of times we've been taught to know formulas. But a lot of people fail by knowing the formulas of faith. It's knowing God. I want to share a few scriptures with you. I don't have them written up here. But it says in Jeremiah 4.22, it says, What fools my people are. They have no idea who I am. How many of you know we need a new level of knowing God? If the level of knowing God is not getting you any farther, then you need a new level of knowing God. And sometimes that new level of knowing God is going through afflictions. Sometimes it's going through some times of suffering, and sometimes it's going through things you quite don't understand. Sometimes it's in the middle of the furnace, and you feel like you're all by yourself, but it's in the, it was in the furnace that Jesus showed up, the fourth man in the furnace. Sometimes the only time we will really get to know God is when we're going through things. Because we get comfortable, and then we get relaxed. But sometimes, I thank God, David said, it was good that I was afflicted because it pushed me to you. My people are foolish because they do not know me. And when we start going through things and we think that everything's over and there's no hope, that's when God shows up. I tell you, one of the things that happened to my wife and I when we uh, were living in the jungles of Central America working with the Mayans, we uh, had been in the States for a while and we were traveling back. And uh, we had got to the capital and I lent a missionary one of my jacks and we went down the road and I uh, had two spare tires and the truck was loaded down. We, were, we had traveled six days and was real tired and uh, traveled all through Mexico and Central America. And we were 21 miles from our home when we crossed this little bridge and uh, blew out both back tires. Uh, we were, there we are in the jungle, out in, in, in the jungle, across that little wooden bridge. Got that, we're there with the woods and everything else around us and no jacks. So we saw this little hut. We walked over to that little hut, went to the front door of that hut, knocked on the door. And some white guy from Baker, Louisiana opened the door. He says, who are you? We said, who are you? And he told us his name and sh- took out his hand. And he says, I'm from Baker, Louisiana. I said, well, we're from Ville Platte, Louisiana. And he says, what can I do for you? I said, well, we had a two blowout over there, and I don't have a jack. He says, well, let's see what we can find. And he looked around, and we walked back to the truck. And he says, well, let me go see what I can find. So Cindy and I are standing there, and he ticks off. And we see him turn right to go back to the hut. But then after a while, we hear a noise from the left. And we start hearing a noise of a motor, and we start seeing the parts of the weeds in the jungle, the bush moving around. And all of a sudden, out in the middle of nowhere, there was no trail or nothing, here comes this man on a forklift. I'm telling you, out in the middle of the jungle, comes out of the jungle on a forklift, drives, crosses the bridge, drives to the back of our truck, picks up the entire back of the truck. I change both tires. He lets us down and we take off. And he says, okay, nice meeting you. Hey, nice meeting you. Take off. Never see him again. But how many of you know, we at that moment, two flat tires, no jack in the middle of the jungle, tired, exhausted. Oh God, I quit. But uh, it was at that moment, God says, I'll show you. There are angels from Baker, Louisiana. And at the moment you think all hope is lost, what are we going to do? But God has a way that moment to show himself that he is still sovereign, he is almighty, and he can make a way when there seems to be no way. Job 4.25 says, I have heard of you with the hearing of the ear, but my eyes see you. Jeremiah 9.24 in the Amplified says, if you want to glory in something, glory in this, that you know and understand me personally, Practically, directly, discerning and recognizing that my character, I am the Lord. Amen. I am the Lord. If you want to glory in something, glory in this, that I know God. You know, when we were on the mission field, we saw people come and go. We've seen uh, one place, we saw six people come and get set up and all excited. And in a few months, they're quitting. One, month, one of them one, lasted one month and they quit. And they said, we can't take this. We're leaving here. What are y'all doing staying here? But you know what? It was a matter of knowing God and knowing programs. When you know God, it's not easy. It's not, it's not easy. It's difficult. It's hard. It hurts. It's lonely. You name it. You're going through it. But when you know God, God, I don't understand it. I don't like it. 
but I know you and I love you and I know that your character says that you will not abandon us or leave us. So you stand and you stay. Whether it changes right away or not, whether it takes years to change, where it takes weeks to change, where it takes months to change. Look, I'm talking to you right now. Don't give up. You may have been saying, look, I have tried this for a year. Well, try it another year. I've tried this all of my life. Well, keep trying. You're not dead yet. Keep on living and keep on trying, but don't you give up. Don't you quit. Don't you say that God's not going to answer your prayer. Don't you dare say that things are not going to turn around for you. Keep believing God because it's when it seems like nothing's going to turn around for you, God has a way of making things turn around for you and come through for you, and then you will be on display of having a genuine faith. Not a genuine faith on what somebody taught. This is how faith works. This is the ABCs of faith. This is the one, two, threes of faith. If you do this, if you do that, no. You, what we need to do, what we should have been taught, taught teaching all this time is faith in knowing God, that I know my God, that I know Jesus. Let me just read some things to you right now. I want to tell you this too. Listen, if we would know Jesus the way demons know Jesus, we'd see a lot of changes in our life. The Bible say that the devil see them and tremble. I want to see some saints see the glorious of King of Kings and Lord of Lords that the timid things that are trying to intimidate you and the things that are trying to pull you down are going to start shaking before the very King of Kings and Lord of Lords that you serve. You, the devil will come at you and say, you're going to die, you're going under, there's no hope for you. you got to go, Satan, get thee behind me. I know you've seen my Jesus. I know you saw his power from the beginning all throughout you know your ending's going to be into the same hell that he created for you and your angels you tremble at the presence of my Jesus well I know that he is king and he is Lord let me share this with you who is this Jesus in Isaiah 53 1 he's the arm of the Lord revealed in 9 6 he's counselor wonderful the mighty God the everlasting the prince of peace he is the end of the law Faithful and true, the forerunner that makes a way into the presence of God. He is ahead of all principalities and powers. He's my help. He's my hope. He's the just one. He's the king of kings. And you got to talk this way to your problems. You got to tell when they tell you, you're laying you off. Wait a minute, but I know Jesus. You might tell me I'm being laid off, but I know the king of kings. I know the one who is the help in the time of trouble. I know the one who's the bright and morning star. I know the one who cast out the devils of hell out of heaven and I know the one who reigns for eternity he's my king in peace and justice he's the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth he's life living bread name above all names he's my doctor and he's my physician he's the power of God he's a fire the resurrection and the life he's the same yesterday today and forever he's my savior he's the son of God the son of man the mercy of God the truth and the way he's the word of God word of life he's my protector my deliverer my glory my health he's where I hide He's where I stay. He's the one who loves me. He's my head and my glory. He's powerful for battleful battle. He's my portion. He's my refuge from oppression. He's the rock that's higher than high. He's the saving strength of his anointed. He's strength for life. Helping my necessity. He's my song. Strength in the day of problem. He's king eternal, immortal, invincible. The only white gods. To him be glory forever and ever. His name is Jesus. It's not just do I have faith, it's do you know God? Do you know God is your provider, your justifier, your redeemer, your helper, your protector? It's not a denomination, it's knowing God, it's knowing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's getting it to the point where nothing's going to turn me away of pressing in to get to know Him. So much emphasis in learning the character, or the, or learning about how faith works. You just got to know God. That's what helped us make it through. Thank God for all the other teaching. But when it came down to it, what makes it is knowing God. They that know their God. Isaiah 43.10 says, So that you will come to know and trust me and understand both that I am who I am. Yes, I am God. That you will come to know and trust me, when we were working with the Mayans and we had started a church there in this village called Krikahute, and we went from hut to hut telling them that we were having service there, and uh, I went up this hill to invite one of these men, and my interpreter told me, don't go, come to find out, that was Tiger Man, the village witch doctor. Well, I went up there anyway, he raised a machete, and he threatened me, and all this and that and the other. 
Anyway, we had service that night, and him and his wife, the witch doctor and his wife, came to church. And I was preaching on Elijah about God sending rain when he prayed. He came up to me in front of everybody. We had lanterns hanging, and we were there sitting in that little hut. And he, he came up there, and he said, uh, you really believe what you're saying? I said, yes, I do. He says, well, my crops are dying. I have all my children and grandchildren that I'm helping feed. If you really believe that, then you go ahead and pray to your God, and you ask him to give us rain. So I prayed and went out. I had another flat. We always had flats there. Had another flat. We were fixing my flat tire, and while we were fixing my flat tire, it started lightning and thundering, and it started raining. And I didn't know this till he testified the week later. He went home, and he burnt all of his witch doctor books and all of his witch doctor stuff, and he came back, and he stood up in front of the church, and he says, I know now the only one I need to serve is Jesus Christ. <laughs> to know... And understand me. I told you last Sunday to walk around and know the mysteries. I want to look into the mysteries of the wounds. One of the things that I think is one of the greatest things. I remember I was driving my vehicle one day in Mexico. And as I was driving, I got a revelation. I saw the two thieves on each side of Jesus. And I saw they both represented me. And I went home and I wrote a poem about it. But I saw I was the one for so long that denied him. I was the one in my wicked ways that mocked him. But thank God I've turned into the other one. When I said, God have mercy upon me and forgive me and forgive me of my sins. And remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. I want you to know there's something about knowing God that will get you through. I want to encourage you. You know, you don't hear about it as much as you need to. But laboring in the spirit. Pressing in to know him. Pressing in to know him. In fact, look at this next scripture, what Paul said. He said, P Peter said in 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in grace and in what? Knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be both glory, both now and forever. Amen. Now look at this one. It says in Philippians 3.10, Oh, that I may what? Say it loud, church. Oh, that I may know him and the power. And the power. Not just know that, oh yeah, Jesus loves me, this I know. No, I want to know him and I want to know the power. Because if you want to know the power, you just got to get to know him. But if you want to get to know him, you'll get to know the power. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. And when you think about Jesus upon the cross, when he was there, just like Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they said, there's no way. You're just going to have to throw us in the fire because our God is able to deliver us and he will deliver us. But if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow to you. Sometimes you just got to get to a point where Jesus was nailed upon the cross. He was getting ready to give up his spirit. He was getting ready to die. What did Jesus say? Into your hands I commit my spirit. In other words, I'm going through it. I'm ending it. And my only hope is that you're going to take me out from wherever I go. I'm giving it all to you. Whether I come alive, it's in your hands. Whether I make it, it's up to you. But I show, I know you, Father. And I trust you with even my very life. So I'm going to give my spirit into your hands. And I know that it's up to you now to get me through this. And that's the place where you and I have to get wherever we are. If you've done everything you can to try to change your children, try to change your husband, try to change your wife, try to change your finances, try to change your life, or whatever it may be, if you tried everything you can sometimes you just got to get to the point where it seems like you're at the point of losing everything so that you can gain everything by getting to know him as everything as getting to know him as all powerful almighty the omnipotent all knowing God get to the point where you go God if I'm going to get out of this and through this it's going to be you who does it because no man and I can't they've given me a few hours to live but I know that you are the resurrection and the life and that if I get to know you I get to know the power of resurrection that is able to raise me up, raise my child up, raise my family up, raise my job up, raise this situation up and through all of this you are going to be glorified and your power is going to be on display that you are king of righteousness you are king true and you are king of righteousness and truth and how many of you, you just need to praise him and give him a hand, hallelujah <laughs> praise you Lord now look at this it says in Daniel 3, 17 and 18, they said, listen, when you have genuine faith and you run up against something, you don't go back to your notes and say, oh, what was that? They didn't have a cell phone to call anybody and say, hey, Daniel, what do we do? They didn't have time to fast and pray. 
When you have genuine faith, you got one plan. Here's one plan. Obedience. Obedience. You shall worship the Lord your God and no other gods before you. And they said, if that's the case, he got mad and he said, turn the heat up. If that's the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us. Say that with me, church. He will deliver me. Say that. He will deliver me. Say it again. He will deliver me from your hand, from the sickness, O king. Verse 18, but listen to this. This is genuine faith. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods nor worship your gold image which you have set up. They had it in their mind. We're going to die, we're going to die. Job says, though my Redeemer slays me, I will still praise him. Genuine faith is, I'm putting it all on the line. I'm putting it all on the line. Jesus, I'm going all the way for you. Jesus, I'm going to believe your word. I'm going all the way for you. I'm putting all the restrictions. I'm taking all the mindsets. I'm putting it all on the line because I'm going to trust and believe you with everything. When my wife and I, 17 and 19 years old, went to the mission field, gave up a good job, a home, and everything because that she had inherited, and I married her for her nice house and antique furniture. <laughs> we gave it all up because we, when we got married, it was all about serving him and not serving us, and we gave it all up. And in two months, we were on the mission field after we were married. Why? It's all about him. Put it all on the line. After 18 years, God told us to come to Pineville and leave South America, put it all on the line. We had a little two-bedroom trailer with lint furniture, didn't have a salary for eight months, but God said, trust me, and look where we are today, and we can't even fathom what God is going to do in the future. Why? Faith is putting it on the line. God, I want to see some proof first. Uh-uh. I want to see the water hard before I walk on it. I want to see 70 people before I leave thousands in Argentina. I want to see some proof before I set out. God says that I can't bargain with you. I want somebody who will move for nothing, even if they end up losing it all. How do we respond to unanswered prayer? How do we respond to the things that are not happening? And we wonder, Lord, what is going on? Paul said, Lord, he prayed three times, Lord, take this away from me. He was going through a, a torment. He was given something to torment him. He said three times, Lord, he begged him, Lord, take this away from me. And the Lord says, no, my grace is sufficient. He could have said, well, if you don't take this away from me, I quit. No, but he didn't quit. It drew him closer to God, and he wrote his best books regardless. I had something interesting. I had somebody just last month come up to me in the church. He's a local minister. He came up to me, and he said, Russell, how old was your dad when he died? I said he was 59, and this, is that, and this was that religious spirit speaking. He said, Russell, your dad must have been a bad son. I said, why? Well, he said, the Bible says that if you obey and you're good to your parents, he'll give you a long life, so your dad must not have been a good child. I said, yes, sir, he was a very good son. My grandparents were proud of him. I said, the problem, there were some other issues there, but I said, he was a good son. And it made me start thinking, and just let me share this with you. A lot of times, people have been judged. If they didn't make it through something, they've been judged. You don't have any faith. But everything is about knowing God. And let me share something with you. I started thinking, I talked to God after that person told me that, and I forgave him. But I went talk to God about that, and, and I thought about something. You know, my dad didn't get healed. He died. But even the last six months of his death, he had the grace of God to laugh and joke and be himself. And he showed me how a righteous man dies. I know everybody would say, oh, I'd wish he was here too. I know everybody would say, oh, but if he had faith, he would have been alive. He had faith for the grace. And if you'd have seen him in that hospital bed, raising his hands and worshiping Jesus, 
calling me and my boys to his bedside and laying his hands and blessing us. Saying, I'm getting ready to see your mama, Russ. And joking with the nurses and hospice and all that and cutting up. He had the grace. And he had faith in the grace. And all miracle would have been great because we see miracles all the time and we rejoice about it. But you know what? He died a miracle. He went from this worth laughing and joking and being himself. And he didn't let it down. He got ready because he was getting ready to see Jesus. So don't let somebody put you down because, well, where's your faith? Why don't you have more faith than that? No, listen, I'm telling you today, if you're going to make it through, genuine faith is people who genuinely know Jesus. They press in to know him. I want to know you more with all of my heart, with all of my soul. You trust him and don't bow even if he doesn't come through. Let me just say something to the singles right quick. A lot of times you get lonely and you say, you know what, I just feel like quitting. God gave Sister Kay a husband, Sister Kathy a husband. God's put couples together and I'm still believing God for my mate. Listen, do you trust him enough that he didn't let you marry that person you dated so long? You trust him enough and have faith enough that you prayed, Lord, let me marry this woman. He didn't let you marry that woman. But do you trust him enough that he knew that woman wasn't the right one for you? That even though you have to continue living a little longer single, can you have the faith and trust God that he's going to bring the right person to you? That you're not going to marry the wrong person out of loneliness, but you're going to marry the right person out of obedience. You're not going to let the things that are not happening push you in making a decision or changing your lifestyle or pleasing somebody just to get what you want, but you're going to do what God wants you to do. That's genuine faith. That's living obedience to Jesus. And it goes on to say in Daniel that then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the expression of his face changed towards them and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it is usually heated. How many have been feeling the heat lately? <laughs> You've been feeling the heat lately. Well, listen, do you know why you're feeling the heat? It's because the enemy's intimidated and your God's not. It said his face changed and he got mad and it says he commanded certain mighty men of valor. Why did he have to use men of valor, generals, to tie up 17-year-old kids? Why did he have to turn the heat up seven times more? Because he was scared of the genuine faith of these three who said, we're not going to obey you no matter what. When you allow God to be God, God is going to intimidate the devils that are bothering you. Whatever you're against, no matter how hard they try to intimidate you, they're going to be intimidated by your God. And it goes on to say that these men were bound in their coats and trousers, their turbans, their outer garments. I mean, they just threw them in there with everything, burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame killed the the fire killed these men who took these three and threw them in the fire. And these three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. That's faith on steroids. <laughs> I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. And I'm not, uh, not going to bow to you. And it says there in verse 24, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said, O true king! Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. And listen to this. Here's this old pagan God, and the form of the fourth is likened to the Son of God. When you stand for God, Jesus Incarnate came at that moment for them, but he's with you every moment of the day. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you, but when you take, you're willing to take a stand, even though you might have failed and some things have been rising up against you, it's going to change when you take a stand for God. Amen. 
And then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning cage, and he told him to come out. And he goes on to say, he says, we're going to worship God. I'll make a decree today. The only God that is God is the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then I want, I want to read this to you right quick. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 through 6, New Living Translation. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Is there some areas of my faith that is weak? Then it may be in the area I'm not spending enough time to know God. Church, I'll tell you, when you get the worst reports, God will let you into the throne room and see him smile and tell you it will turn around. When you're walking with God... You'll read the Bible and he'll give you a scripture or somebody will call you or something will happen to encourage you that it's not over like someone said. When you go towards God and you say, I've got to know God with everything, he says, he'll, give you, he'll make you see if your faith is genuine. It says, test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. As you test yourselves, I hope you will recognize that we have not failed the test of apostolic authority. The test, it says it twice, the test of genuine faith. I want you to see this. It says, a, a test if it's true, surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. You've got to press in and labor. Church, we have to labor if we're going to know him. It's not a pretty plaque on the wall. It's not the right scripture books. When you're going to go through the fire, you've got to know God himself. You've got to know his voice. And he says, my sheep know my voice. It's not just the ministers, my sheep. Every one of you are a candidate of knowing the voice of God. And when you're going through things and you're hearing things from different people, and so many people say, Pastor, I don't know who to believe, then what is God telling you? Don't bow and don't give in to the pressure coming against you. You stay obedient to God. I will not bow, therefore I will not burn. Can I hear an amen? amen? Amen. He will see you through even in the face of death. Listen to this. Examine yourselves. I read this in the devotion. Dr. Billy Graham was at a big spiritual retreat when he started his ministry. Some of the liberal ministers who were doctors or theologians intimidated him and asking him questions about the Bible. Finally, Dr. Billy Graham, bewildered and thrown away by their questions, went into the woods with his Bible, laid it on the trunk of a tree, and he, 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 of old stump, and he says, Oh, Lord, I don't understand everything in this book. I don't understand why Matthew says things different than Mark and John, and I, I can't explain things like they can. But I accept it, and I put all my faith that it's your word, and I'll never change. And Brother Billy's been preaching the word of God ever since. Sometimes you got to get away from your situation and go out in the woods and get with your Bible, open it up, put it up on an old stump, and you got to go somewhere. you got to go on your kid's bed. Come on, church. Sometimes you just got to go on your kid's bed, and you got to put the Bible on their bed, and you got to go, God, I don't know what to do, but I believe the power of your word and Lord, I lay your word upon my child's bed. And I believe that even though he is away, she is away, even though there are things that are not right, you said that when they were old, they would not depart. So Lord, no matter what I see, I believe in your word. Sometimes you got to go into the sick bed. Sometimes you got to go in the hospital room. Sometimes you got to go in your business. Sometimes you got to even put it on the hood of your car. And your car's not running. And you said, Lord, you said you'll supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Sometimes when your husband's sleeping, he's passed out and drunk. You got to put the Bible on top of his chest and you got to go, God, save him or take him. Save him or take him. Sometimes you got to go in the office when your boss ain't there and put the word on his desk and say, Lord, I need a raise and he's about ready to drive me crazy and he's a heathen. But Lord, I, place, I believe your word. Sometimes you just got to get in a situation where you don't know what to do and your wife, don't, your wife can't get pregnant or, or your husband can't get pregnant or you're going through some type of situation. You don't know what to do. Sometimes you just got to take, listen to me. I saw my daddy do it a number of times. Sometimes you got to take your billfold and you got to put the word 
on top of the billfold or the checkbook. And you got to go, God, there's nothing in there, but there's a lot in here. And, uh, and what you got in here can do a lot for this. So, Lord, I give it to you in the name of Jesus. Sometimes you just got to get to the point where you just go say, Lord, I'm not going by what I see, but I'm going to go and I'm going to put your word. I got a paper. I got a paper from the lawyer. I don't know what to do, but here's the paper of the lawyer. And there's your word. You, sometimes you get something from the doctor. He says you've got 16 different types of cancer. You don't know what you're going to do. you got six months. You put the word on top of it. And you go, Lord, I can't do anything. The doctors can't do anything. But your word can do everything. Your name can do everything. Sometimes you just got to say, God, I know you're God. I know you're triumphant. I know you're victorious. I know you're reigning king. Sometimes you're just going to have to preach your own message I preach better at home than I do here and if my wife had money I'd pick up an offering because I'm doing so good <laughs> sometimes I want to give myself an offering because I'm doing so good I've gone man why, didn't I why am I not recording this listen your best message is a preach when you're going through it when your back's locked up on you. Some of the best complaining or the best messages that come out, it's up to you. When you've had the worst knockdown drag out with your wife, and I know you don't. Some of the best messages when you'll come instead of going, God changed that rebellious woman. Sometimes your best messages will come under the anointing, Lord, change me. To example the love of Jesus Christ. You are your own best preacher for the anointing of God that's upon you. You know God. You'll preach the devil out. And you'll end up making the enemy bow before the name of Jesus. Come on. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Let's stand for just a moment. Come on, babe. Everybody, this is my wife, Cindy. For those who don't know her. Hey, Cindy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I started thinking about the flat tire stories, and I remembered another flat tire story. But I saw something today about our flat tire miracle that was different. As you were preaching, I got a revelation of that story. We were going to church, and it was all gravel road, and the roads were kind of, this is in Belize, the roads were kind of high, you know, domed up, and then it was jungle on both sides. And the driver tire blew out, and we slipped off that edge and went into the jungle on the side of the truck. And it was, it was uh, Pastor and me and our interpreter. And we had the windows down because it was so hot. Anyway, he happened to put his arm in, remember that? And our little interpreter grabbed the outside of the window, and he hung because we're siding it, you know. Sideways. We're surfboarding into the jungle on the side. And uh, so we climb out, and we begin to pray. Now, in that area, there's no traffic hardly ever. And within five minutes... Guess what vehicle comes down? A tractor. And we were like, wow. Thank you, Lord. The tractor gets there, pulls us out, changed the tire. The truck was undamaged, and we go along our way. Well, I was thinking, what a miracle. God sent the tractor within five minutes after we prayed. But that's not the miracle. That was a blessing and a convenience that he provided for us. The true miracle was we were not bleeding to death hurt, mangled, no broke bones, <laughs> because there's no ambulances. No, that's true. There, and, and if the tractor was the next vehicle coming, how would we have gotten to a hospital? No. So the true miracle was that God saved our life. Yes. A lot Thank of times we, we, we forget how to count our blessings. We count the conveniences when they come. That's God, because that feels good. When we forget God. The fourth man showed up yeah. in our fiery furnace, yeah. and he saved our lives so that we could go and <laughs> preach. And I'd never seen it that uh -huh. way.
Probably because I was 17 and you were 19. We were too young to see. We thought the tractor was the miracle. So anyway, I just wanted to share that because I got excited. <laughs> I saw the true miracle. That's good. Amen. Thank you, babe. Hallelujah. Yes, it's a miracle. Just thank God you don't have fire trucks that you got to get out and help push start. I had to help push start fire trucks. America's blessed. Amen. Let's, let's just close our eyes and just right now, let's just put our mind upon Jesus. And he is the fourth man that shows up right now to save you, to deliver you, to bless you. He does not want you to feel like you're leaving here alone. He wants you to know that you're not alone in the situation and the trauma and the drama that you're going through. He wants you to know that he is everything that you need. And he's able to meet that need. They said our God is able to deliver us. He is able to deliver you this morning. He is able to start getting things in motion. And while you're going through things, he's right here to teach you how to believe, how to trust, and how to see him. The Bible says in Genesis that Moses divided a calf. And in the middle of that calf, there came a furnace. But in that furnace, through the darkness, came a lantern. And just like the fire furnace speaks about the afflictions and the trials you're going through, Jesus, who is the light, will come in your darkest hour and fulfill the covenant made in his blood. If you're in a dark place in your life right now, he wants to light up the way because he'll make a way out. He says he is the way. You're here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. If your life is lost and you're wondering and you don't know how to get out of the situation you're in, He's the way out. He's the door. He's the key for your life to be blessed and saved and delivered. If you're here today and you need Jesus, would you please right now just raise your hand? You know you need Him. God bless you, sis. You know you need Him. Anyone else, you know you need Him. Raise your hand. God bless you, sir. God bless you. You know you need to get your life right with God. Anybody else here right now? I'm not talking about don't join in a church or denomination. I'm not talking about anything man-made or man-set up. This is all heaven set up. God sent his son to save you. His name is Jesus. If that's you and you need him, raise your hand right there where you are. Anyone else? I need to get my life right with Christ. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Come on, that's you. Raise your hand. Maybe you've been saved before, but you know you're not living like you should. Would you please raise your hand right there where you are? I see you. I need to get my life right. Anyone at all? For those who raise their hand, would you come forward and let me pray with you, please? Come and come meet our prayer warriors right here. Come and let us pray with you. Come, come. What an honor. What a blessing. Let's give God the glory. Let's praise Him for it. If someone else, you know you need to come, you come. Don't put off. Don't put it off. God bless you guys. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Just face me here. You coming to get saved, sweetheart? Oh, hallelujah. God bless you, darling. God bless you. God is doing such an awesome work in the children. Good to see you. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? You want to give your life over and surrender your life to Jesus? You see, God is speaking through a child. Don't put it off. If you're here right now, don't put it off another day. You say, I, I did that as a child, I've, I, I, and I can't, I've always messed up. Come now and allow him to fill you and get a hold of something that will keep you standing and not give up and not quit. Today's a new day. This is a new year. Come on and start it off right. Surrender your life to Jesus. Anybody else at all, would you come? Anybody else? Come right now. Anyone else? Anyone else? Raise your hands towards these. God bless you. God is so good. What an honor. What a blessing. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you, sweetie. Hallelujah. Y'all believe that Jesus died for you? And that his blood can cleanse and wash our sins? You believe that? Yeah. Yeah, he can, huh? You ready? You ready? You ready? 
Put your hand upon your heart. And close your eyes and pray this prayer to the Heavenly Father. He hears you right now. He hears you. He promised to hear you. He's promised right now. He's ready to save you. He's ready to have an encounter with you. So repeat this with me. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me of all my rebellious ways. I am sorry for living my own life. But today, I surrender it all to you. My spirit, my soul, and my body, I give it to you. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross, shed your blood, rose on the third day. And today, I confess you and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me and wash me and cleanse me from all sin. And I thank you, Father, that you accept me and that you love me. And I am born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Hallelujah, my brother. Bless you, man. Brother, God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. Bless you, sweetheart. It's the first time? First time to receive Jesus? You're 10 years old, Courtney. Hallelujah. Courtney's 10 years old and just got saved today. God bless you. She's going to get your name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, this is great. This is great. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I pray for anyone here who's going through the fiery trials of affliction. Anyone with any type of difficulty in their lives. I pray right now that their faith fail not in who you are. Our faith is upon the character and all that you are and all who you are. And I praise you right now for, Lord, increase our faith. Each and every one right now who's fighting areas of doubt where all things point down. Help us to lift up our head towards our Redeemer, knowing that our refuge and our fortress draws nigh. Father, I pray right now that you strengthen each and every one who feel weak and feel alone. I ask you to strengthen each and every one who's battling something in their body or in their finances or in their home or in their studies. I thank you that you are the God, our rescuer, our fortress. Lord, bless your people. And increase their faith to believe in the God of the impossible, who you are. We bless you and we honor your name, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Listen, tonight, God gave me a special word. We got PowerPoints made because I've got a special word I want to give you tonight. And I believe it's going to bless you. We'll be here at 6 o'clock. We love you. We bless you. Brother Jake's going to dismiss us. You have a great day. We'll see you tonight. God bless you. Have a great week. Amen. Jesus, we just ask that you would just... Let this word just be in our hearts and our spirits, Lord God, as we have received it today. Lord, I thank you that you, are, you have never left us and you have never, are you never going to leave us, Lord? And we thank you that you have always kept your hand on us and your people. And I ask you to bless everyone that's in this room right now, Lord, as they leave and they go with their families and friends. Lord, I ask that you would bless them all, Lord. Let them have a good time today. And we come back tonight, Lord, to get more of your word, filling up of your spirit in our hearts. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen.